Welcome to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast with Lawrence Lotz. Join Lawrence as he gets together with his friends from all over the world to discuss the latest trends, give some business insights, and add a little South African chaos into your lives. Don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at the Wolf of Queen Street and find us on all of your listening platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Wolf of Queen Street. I'm joined today by Jolyn Swarford, another Tony Robbins family member, someone that I've been keeping an eye on over the last sort of year period that, again, that I've seen on the social media pages through the family members, but also someone that's been able to step through darkness and come through the other side and not just let that consume them, but actually we let them evolve into a better person, a better individual, better wife and mother, and a fundamentally a more successful person out of the business and providing insights, coaching, and just showing the world how someone that once got knocked down can always step up and become a better person. Thank you so much, Jolyn, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> it's my oh, pleasure okay. to be here. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was. I was going through a lot of your content and a lot of podcasts that you've been on before, and people interviewing you and going back to uh, back through your story and your history. You know, that's fundamentally a, a big thing when you get in someone on a podcast is go and understand what makes him tick and what makes him special and what communicates them. And it's 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 very hard sometimes when you go through and you look at going, you know, is this person successful? They they making it they a success coach, a motivation coach, they're running major masterminds, but you don't realize that to get to that point, what I call the the sparkle in the eye or chasing the sparkle in the eye of a person, um, you don't realize that there are so many, not failures, but hard stories in the past that has evolved to allow that person to come down that path. Yes, absolutely. You know, to to most of my listeners, again, um, as as my audience grows, um, people, some people would know about you, the Tony Robbins family uh, would definitely know who you are. T- uh, take some of the people through for the first instance as you had gone through to a date with Destiny, mm-hmm. I believe was your first experience in the Tony Robbins uh, world? No, actually, that was my uh, fifth or sixth experience. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, so it was a, lot, a lot before that. So obviously, you just kept going to date with Destiny or UPW. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, so the first experience I had was in 2016 in November, and that was UPW. And then I'd gone a year later, and just kind of like for a refresh, and I was like, oh wow, that was like ten times more deeper than the first time, <laughs> I guess, because I was had, you know, transformed and, you know, shed some of my uh, onion skin, I guess, if you will, um, over the year. And then uh, I went straight on to date with Destiny in, uh, in the following December in Florida. And then I was at Business Mastery after that. And then I went to, I went to Tony's house, actually, in uh, Sun Valley and spent his birthday there with him and my Platinum Partners family. And then I went to Australia, date with destiny. And that was the sort of the moment that if anyone sort of searches or goes in mm. on Google and puts your name in, is that was sort of the moment that put your name out in the limelight just from the content or the recording mm-hmm. that was done in the session of, as with 
most people understand. Obviously, if you're not in the Tony Robbins world, you look at I'm not your guru on Netflix and you see those intervention moments where someone gets stood up and someone gets has a personal moment with Tony. But it's not just a personal moment with Tony. It's a personal moment with everyone in that room because everyone there mm -hmm. is fundamentally there to improve themselves or improve others. And there was that moment with yourself and Tony, was there not? Yes, there was. And so that was definitely, definitely the big, the big moment. And I think, you know, in order to get there, I had to do all of the work before, you know, it's not something I guess you see in the documentary. It seems like for some of those people, it just happened instantly, right? They just had this miraculous breakthrough. But for a lot of the people in the room, the truth really is, is that they've been working on these things mm -hmm. for a while. And then there's just this, wow, there's like this aha moment, you know, that goes oh, and everything just clicks together. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's the journey and the evolution, what I say. It's sort of terms that I use with people and say to them, you can't just switch light, a light on and expect it to come on onto its full, full brightness on the first time. You know, yeah. depending on your story and the hardships and the knowledge that you have, you've got to work through the processes to get to that stage. And then finally, it will work. So like you said, is at that moment – when you had that adventure with Tony, that was your final step. It said, okay, it is now working. But you had mm. obviously multiple steps and you had multiple history behind that. Yeah. Because to what a lot of the listeners would not know, just taking it back a, a few steps, is that through your career sale, in the sales industry, you became one of the best around, you mm -hmm. know, what's it, a couple, decade or two decades, something like that of just – killing it in the game and yeah but there was a lot of as with a lot of people don't see they go oh successful businesswoman family kids mm. you know having a career but there's always darkness in some instances yeah. and you were holding on to a darkness in the sense of at one stage you find yourself in um drinking quite a bit of um, alcohol or vodka or yeah um, would you have recognized just would you have recognized yourself as an alcoholic Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I knew it. I was in denial for a while. But yes, I definitely yep. um, was an alcoholic. For sure. And vodka was the alcohol of choice? Yes. So, yep. I I went through, I wouldn't say mine was as harsh or as bad net, but um, I find myself five years sober in my early 20s. Mm. Um, reason being as well, my, my late teens, um, early 20s, I grew up uh, back in Cape Town, South Africa, doing my studies, but running nightclubs and bars. And you come into that familiar situation of yeah. drinking every night. And yeah. over a time period, I didn't pay attention that I was five or six nights a week. I was working, I was drinking high consumption of alcohol and vodka just became every part of my life as well. And Ooh. it wasn't impacting me or I believed it wasn't impacting me. And I just went on for a good few years. And no matter where I went or what I was doing, I always wanted, you know, double vodka on the rocks neat was my drink of choice. Mm. And I remember there was a moment and I can hear it. I can remember it as clearly as I can remember what I had for breakfast this morning. There was a moment and it might sound simple. It might sound basic to everyone else. But there was a moment where I went click and went, hold on. Enough is enough. 
this just this is just getting out of hand. It was at that stage for me personally that I went, okay, I need to change. I need to break away from something that I thought is to me was normal and it's part of my life and who I am. And I need to go the other way. And I went, I broke away at that stage. And for five years, I mean, it was, I was from age just after around 21 years old till about 26, 27, I was sober in the sense of, no birthday, no wedding, no celebration ever in that time period was there a touch of alcohol just mm, to wow. to fully step away from it and to show show myself and show everyone else around me that in the best years of your life, in your early 20s and your mid-20s, I don't need it to be controlling me. I don't need to have it around me. I don't need to have it as part of me to show that I can that I needed to be able to go out and have a good time with friends, that I needed to be able to have any confidence in my life. And I totally broke that relationship away. Wow. And that's so powerful, isn't it? I mean, and it is. And I mean, that's a lot of stuff. And I can imagine yourself going through that as well. I mean, what was the moment? Was there a a switch moment where you said, okay, enough is enough, or was it a path that you took all the way along to finally go, okay, i got to get out here? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't as powerful as you were <laughs> in making the decisions. I mean, there were, it seemed like every, I got to a point to where I was so, my body was so toxic that I was sick every day. So imagine waking up with a hangover every single day. And I thought it was a hangover, but the truth was I was toxic. <laughs> My body was like telling me no more, you're dying pretty much. And, um, and so there were many mornings when I would wake up or, you know, interestingly enough, when I would get the most desperate and, and was like, I would have such a fun time starting to drink as you know happy hour started mm -hmm. and then it was usually when i was still drinking around 4 or 5 a.m when everybody else was asleep and, you and i was the only one self. still yep. yeah and i was still up drinking and i'd go look in the mirror and i'd be like you're you're really sick like you there's something wrong you need to stop tomorrow's a new day and then i would do it again um and then i would it was like this cycle i mean there were even like two times I drove myself to the emergency room and my, my husband didn't even know it. Like I drove, I was like hoping maybe they would just keep me or I don't know what I was hoping. I wasn't even of the right, I guess, mind. Right. I mean, 750 yeah. milliliters of vodka and you're not really thinking straight. And so, but I was but super you're seeking help. But you, yeah, you, I was, you, I just, you're urging for help and you're urging for someone to come in and go, it's okay. Yeah. And we will help you and we'll work through it. Right. And I had been drinking since I was uh, 14, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what life was without it, to be honest. And anyway, eventually um, I went to the doctor because I was just tired of, I was sick. I was just tired of being sick. And I thought I actually had convinced myself maybe I had a E. coli or some kind of bug, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and she ran all these tests and uh, turned out my liver was failing and I was dying. And that's what she literally looked at me and was like, if you don't quit drinking today, you um, have about four to five years to live. Crazy. And I was like, all right, that's good enough. I was like, where do I it's sign up? <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, and that actually was the second time. I quit drinking. I went six months sober 
several years before that um, fell off um, the second time. I think part of the big difference was my husband. He, you know, I was single the first time. The second time I had my husband who also quit drinking and we have lived a life of sobriety ever since that day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. I can imagine, you know, when alcohol comes in to to cloak and protect and cover pain mm-hmm. and hurt from past, you know, it, it's so much harder to release and let go because you're still going to find yourself in a mental state at some stage. Once you've let go of the alcohol, that's going to remind you why you were drinking the alcohol. Yeah. And, uh, and to, and you know, so for my example, it just became habit and part of life. It wasn't mm. from pain and hurt. So that's where in the simple nature of, I could make a decision because I could see the path I was going to go down was going yeah. to be great in the sense of with yourself having that hurt. And mm-hmm. again, to take another step back in the past, you will drink from the age of 14 and you had all the hurt and everything because there was an experience, not an mm-hmm. experience, sorry for the very bad use of word as an experience in 14, but something happened to you when you were 14 that clicked that in and took you down that path of darkness. Mm-hmm. Can you just give a couple of minutes and tell our listeners about what happened? Yeah, absolutely. I um, So when I was a freshman in high school, I, you know, was that typical freshman, you know, not, and in the States, that's ninth grade, the first year of upper school, right? So, I, and um, basically, you know, you're just wanting to fit in and you're wanting to be part of the cool crowd and all of those things. And um, I don't even know why I was, you know, picked. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Actually, I know now I wasn't the only one, but I got a phone call from these cool guys at this party from another school. And, and I was like, you know, cool, I want to go, right? So I snuck out of my house and I went to this party and, um, you know, there were all older high school people there. And um, before I knew it, I was like, I I remember barely walking in. I remember walking in barely, but I can't describe the room or the building or the address or anything like that. Um, But I do remember being completely immobilized and I was gang raped by four high school guys. Um, they were all older seniors. I knew who they were, but, um, yeah, in that moment, I like just couldn't even move. <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Like I didn't even feel anything. Like it was like interesting. I, after that, honestly, I went, I don't even remember how I got home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember what happened after I got home and, Um, looking back now, you know, I just really created like this alter ego. Thank God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm really grateful for it. Um, That really came in like this other alter ego just came in and took care of me from that moment. Like, I don't remember pain. I don't remember what I just, it's a complete blank to me. But, and as a matter of fact, I didn't even, but that is actually around the time when I started drinking, I would get into my, my dad's wine collection and my mom drank beer and I would, you know, sneak one of those every now and then, um, or I'd sneak out and, and, and my drinking by the time I was 15, I was drinking and already getting into trouble. I was drinking at least a 12 pack. I could put down a 12 pack of beer. I was probably 92 Damn. pounds. Like 
So I was, uh, yeah, I was already, yeah, drinking pretty heavily then. And I look back now, I'm like, dang, I couldn't drink a 12 pack now. <laughs> but, but what's interesting about that is that I completely buried that whole memory until mm-hmm. uh, I was like 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was watching an episode of Oprah Winfrey had, you know, mm-hmm. her big talk show and, they were talking about, she had a whole panel of young women on there that were talking about date rape, you know, like going out on dates and guys, you know, taking advantage of them. And it was like the first time society was like, hey, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not normal behavior and that's not okay. And as I watched that, they had all of these um, like video montages, you know, of like yep. kind of their experiences and it just triggered every all of it in that single moment all of the memories and um yeah so from that moment was like i kind of was not very excited that i remembered but it it helped me understand where a lot of my pain was coming from and um so i knew that but even then i still you know i I covered it up with my career and then i covered it up with even more alcohol and yeah so Um, The upside is I was able to function through all of that and have, you know, beautiful children and amazing career and, you know, all of the material things I could have ever asked for. You know, it it did drive me to do things that maybe ordinary people may not do. So Mm -hmm. or accomplish. I just want to say to you, Jolyn, you are a powerful, beautiful woman and you should have never had to have gone through that and you should have never had to have experienced that and been put in that dark position and mm-hmm. i i can't imagine the the life that you would have had through that journey but mm. i'm so grateful and so happy that you have found true love true friendship and support to get you today to the person you are that you are helping others succeed through their darkness and their failures and their brick walls that they can't get through because that means Mm. that at least you know through one hurt the life has had you can improve the lives of thousands in front of you yes absolutely thank you for that thank you for the acknowledgement and very very kind words you know i think that um it's when you take your stories and you find a way I had a choice to continue to be a victim to the story Mm -hmm. or to use it as like fuel, (laughs) like to use it in a way and to make it something bigger than myself. Right. And so in doing that, it's helped me heal, but it's also helped me create a whole business (laughs) out of it. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, I can't even imagine where I would be without that whole journey sometimes, you know, that it was like, I know that, you know, God gives challenges to people who can, who will turn them into victories. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that applies to everybody. Totally. I mean, it's, it's again, it's we are today is everything that you've taken in the past. You couldn't, you can't, a person can't be as educated, as strong, as knowledgeable, or as broken, as down, as in darkness, without everything that's mm. behind you. And sometimes people forget about that. They forget that 
every one of those steps have made them who they are today. And Tony talks about them quite a bit in the sense of with his mother as well. The abuse mm. that his mother gave the or to the dishwashing liquid down the throat and everything. And yeah. he turns around and obviously through his process of working through it and accepting it, he finally as well said, you know, I don't mm -hmm. resent her. I don't hate her. I don't give her that power. No, because right. at the end of the day, she made me who I am today that I can help everyone else. And right. I've I've got my challenges I still got to work through. I've got my demons I still got to work through. But it reminds me every single day of being the best I can be and not just for myself and about myself, but for everyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just like Tony, just like me and for so many of your listeners, I mean, yep. I have really grown to value story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I believe, and even now I think that where I'm going 10 years from now, 20 years from now is to provide, I actually have it written on my, on my whiteboard is that, you know, even though right now I'm where I am, I'm always in this recovery, this mode of recovering and discovering, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I feel like my purpose in the future at some point in my life is going to be to provide that platform for people to share their stories, what makes them uniquely them yeah. and also their recovery and their discovery through that process and what they're doing with it. You know, how they've created something bigger than what that story could have ever meant to them or, you know, impacted their life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that in every story, there's like this turn of where you're a victim and then you take the power back. And yeah. that's where like Tony, when he talks about his mother, he could tell it as a victim, like when he was a young child and he couldn't help him, you know, he had no defenses against his mother. But then now that he's a grown man and his mother has since passed, he's able to tell the story as from a power, you know, taking that power back. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. um, but I think everybody does it in their own time. You know, it's not, you don't wake up and go, I'm taking the power back. No, it's, that, um, that doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't, but it's possible. It, it is. There is people that, there is people that break through, you know, quickly and you, mm -hmm. and other people look back at them and go, you shit. How did you do that? How did you do that overnight? You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm spending, I'm busting, but never want to replicate your story story or your life or what someone else is doing because you won't get to the right outcome yeah people want to i want his path i want to be able to get rid of this problem my condition my medical health whatever it is like that person did but yeah we are not the same you know we i'm not the same as anyone else i'm not the same as you and it's not saying we worse off but we are all our own identity and own uniqueness that we got to follow our own path. And one thing that was interesting, I was looking at, obviously, before the session, I was going through and looking through some of your history, going through your social media platforms, doing a bit of a stalking, sorry for people <laughs> doing that. But one thing I realized, and it's something I always love, and it's something I've always had the strength of doing, is what I call is looking for the spark or chasing the spark. 
Mm. And what that is, is looking for the spark in someone's eye or getting them in the sense of they can take them from the darkness to that situation. You know, that's a, sort of that breakthrough moment when you're talking to someone how to be successful in business or how to deliver a certain deal or to sell a house or they've sold their house. Just those small things in life. And one thing I noticed, and it was so powerful from your social media, was every time I looked at it, a photo of you over the last 18 months, you always had a spark. You always had a spark in your eye. And not just yourself, anyone that was with you or that was in your space or um, in your videos, was mm. you weren't getting a spark of them. They were feeding off you. And it shows mm. it how much power you have influencing and um, controlling the people around you and just taking everyone through that journey as well. Wow, that's really beautiful. And that's so – well, I was – wanted to acknowledge you for doing all of your research because it's it's um, such a beautiful way to honor the people that come on your podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So thank you for that. But then just go deeper and to see that, you know, it's interesting because it is like, I think that when you come out of darkness, when you have yeah. the ability to see the light, it then becomes, you've got to shine. It becomes like a duty or an obligation. And it's like, yeah. you've got to shine so bright that your light will take people out of darkness. Yeah, or infect them almost. Yeah, I mean, it's like, why not? You know, I mean, why not? Why, why wouldn't you just continue to keep trying to shine even brighter and brighter and, and uncovering anything that could be dimming your light so that you can light up a room? Or like you said, just energetically and the radiance coming off of like, um, my body to somebody else's just to let them share in that energy just for that even in the moment that they're standing next to me it's like a, it's a gift that I have to give and I'm glad that you were able to recognize that that just puts a big smile on my face <laughs> it, is, it, um, it is something I, I take a look into because obviously myself in the podcast you know I do some I do small scale mentorships with people um, you know I'm not a qualified coach I've got a different day job and just a space I've always been. So I look at people a lot more closely because unfortunately we're in the modern world today where everyone is stepping up and saying, hey, I'm a coach. Everyone's saying, I'm stepping up and saying, oh, I can be your mentorship. Talk to me. I'll show you the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And it's always you look at that person and go, you know, are they reading off a script? Are they reading off <laughs> a book and just trying to sell a video? And you can see, you can see through what they are doing what the honesty is and what the story actually is. You can read so much into it. And again, if you look at the likes of Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, um, all those people, you can always see the rawness, the honest um, yeah. honesty within them. There's nothing blank and there's a script behind my camera and I'm just reading off and saying, call me, I'll make you $10,000 and all that bull bullshit, you know, that you've seen today that everyone's spurting on social media. And that's where in the sense of when I, as soon as I saw your imagery and I went and looked at your Instagram and your mm -hmm. Facebook and your videos and even it's when it's a situation of you doing a video and you're starting up and you, you're trying to talk through what the message you're trying to bring across. I mean, because we all evolve and we get better as we do that. Mm -hmm. And you can start seeing you building this up and building this up and you actually come in and giving real honesty, real quality of work to the person that's listening. So for mm -hmm. a person like myself, I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm going to want mm. to consume that because you've been real. You're not selling me anything. You're not trying to sell, trying to sell me a product that sits behind it. You're just selling me a great story.
Yeah, thank I'm so glad you see that because you are right. There are a lot of people who the interesting thing though is that a lot of people they really truly want to become coaches because they have a desire to help people, right? That's their first that's the first thing. They're like, you know, I've been through something. I'm on the other side of it. I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> Never will be, but I want to help people in that part of their journey. But then what happens, it seems, is that they start Googling other coaches or they start comparing themselves to other people mm -hmm. on Instagram, and then they become all alike. And they yep. think they have to do all of those things to have a successful coaching business when, and then they lose themselves in that noise of this, you know, personal development world. And, and then sometimes you got to take them back to the story, right? <laughs> they, yeah. what, you know, and, and say, you know, what is it that you're all about? And what we, I think one of the things that you're referring to also is like when, a coach is talking about, oh, do this, sign up for this program, sign up for that program. And then you're like, whoa, like what work have you done on yourself? Yep, correct. You know, and I actually teach um, and coach coaches <laughs> to be in complete alignment with what they're offering. So like you should be coaching on the problems that you've solved for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you need to you need to provide experience to the experience that you've had or you've gone mm -hmm. through or you've seen through, you know, cook a cut in everyone else's. Hey, this is how to grow your social media platform. I'm going to make you, you know, be a, a, the best sales consultant and sell X, X amount. You yeah. as a sales background should totally, you know, you would totally understand that in the sense of you can sell you can sell the same product to different companies the same way. So why why offer a blank natural generic service across the board? And it and it seems like you said it's people that's trying to come up. So they're looking at everyone else and they're going, Oh, that person's doing that. I'm gonna try and cook a cut of that person. But fundamentally, yeah. as we go back to it, everyone is their own unique person. I will listen to everyone and anyone if they are being themselves. Be yourself. Your life has got stories, my life doesn't, and you'll be able yeah. to give me guidance in some certain areas in that space. But it's when you, when John or Laura is telling mm -hmm. one of their friends' stories or down their path, it just there's no honesty yeah. and there's no, yeah. there's no real, realistic with it. And I can always see it, and I always take it back, you know, because I, I love old Tony. Every time he does a UPW and every time anyone that speaks at his UPW is Joseph McLennan um, and all the top speakers, mm. they've done it. I, I can't imagine how many UPWs. Tony is emotional every time. Tony is crying in the emotional states every time because it's not just a parrot repeating it. It is actually going to the raw and honesty of it every single right. time. Every time because it's there. He can go all the way back to that little boy or that hurt person he can feel because that he isn't shutting that out. He can go back and feel it. And it's interesting because I actually tell a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, you know, how do I tell my story and when do I tell it? You know, you're telling me to change it. And I'm like, yeah, change your story. But you can tell your story when you're ready to tell it from like a place of joy, yeah. but also when you're telling it to serve other people instead of telling it to get attention or significance for yourself. Yeah. Or seek pity. Yeah. Is, 
as as a big thing, you know, as well as people, I'm willing to tell it because I want people to say, oh, they want to, I want, I want someone to cut off. Oh, yeah. You know, it and it's, it's poor you. It's a, yeah, right. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, going, it's, and it's going through that. And you just you just mentioned that you are coaching coaches as well. So to our listeners, mm-hmm. you are um, certified coach NLP and uh, mm-hmm. third acronym I have forgotten. It's not uh, CFC. Uh, ICF. ICF. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was a C and an F. There we go. That's um, just... Yeah. So ICF, yeah. a qualified coach, motivational um, coach as well. Mm-hmm. And you have now brought yourself in the sense of that you are running uh, masterminds or dedicated masterminds as well. Take talk talk to me about that. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I started my coaching business, by the way, as a sales coach because mm-hmm. that's what I know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when you're number one top performer in the world, you get to go. You have, you know, you should probably use that skill. So, if anybody has that, use that. And so I, I knew because of my business experience to start my coaching business in an area that I knew well. So I started there and then I had my trans, my first Tony Robbins experience kind of midway through that. And I was like, wow, this is the work I really want to do is like this personal and business kind of stuff. And, um, and so I went, I, from that point, I started building my individual kind of life coaching business and Within 12 months, I was able to grow my business into 250,000 US dollars a year, which is like sometimes like the lifetime income of a coach. I mean, like not Mm -hmm. lifetime, meaning like when they're at the peak of their game. Like, and so I was like, and interestingly enough, I have to be honest, I've made so much money in the past (laughs) that being completely honest, like I didn't give myself the credit for that success. Yeah, you don't like, you don't I, realize yourself on the ladder because your ladder's been so high. Yeah, I was like, oh no, I'm like still making half of what I made when I was number Probably one in the world in sales. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so I was like, and then one day I was like, oh my gosh, like that was Joe Lynn. That's a really big accomplishment, you know. And and so I was like, how did you do that? So I asked myself, how did I do that? What what did I? How did what tools did I use to learn? What were helpful? What were not helpful? What distractions did I have to overcome in order to be that laser focused? Um, what did I learn about authentic- authenticity? What did I learn about the whole process of building the business? And and I, and I was like, you know what? I really felt it's interesting because, you know, in our industry, typically people don't want to share all of their secrets <laughs> because they want to be the one. They want to be the successful one. And I was like, you know, I want to start sharing I just want to lay it all out there. Like, I don't even know if my way is the only way. I doubt that. But what I can share is what I learned in the exact roadmap on how I got there. And if people do exactly what I did, there shouldn't be any reason why they can't also earn six figures relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I was like, you know, I'm going to also do life coaching, but I also want to help people put power behind their story. And it, I realized that so many coaches, um, because as you all know, right, you're in the Facebook groups and all this, mm-hmm. and everyone's a coach. You leave a Tony Robbins event, and everyone wants to be a coach. Mm-hmm. But half of those people are still in their day job, right? Um, yep. They are struggling to make enough money to be able to quit that job or 
they quit the job because they're like, screw it, I'm doing this thing. And then they end up having to go back mm-hmm. and, you know, go back to their, their day job. And so I think it's like, um, a passion of mine to be like, Hey man, like if you want to do this thing, let's do it. Like, let's get yeah. you success so that you can keep helping other people. Because if you're like a coach and you have a great story and you have this great breakthrough and you don't get to turn it into a profitable business, that means you end up coming out of the market and thousands of people or more end up suffering. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just trying to help people, you know, I, I call it, you know, turning your breakthroughs into a business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, that's what I'm doing now. I have other masterminds too. Um, I have one that is called the thrive mastermind that I'm actually just about to, well, I'm launched. It's just doing a soft kind of quiet launch right now with my inner circle. But basically, that is literally a year mastermind all about helping people take massive action. Because so many people sit around and they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to when this is in place and when that and when this is ready. Right. And I'm like, massive action is like everything. The universe rewards massive action. Like that is the only way I've been able to be so successful is because I wake up in the morning and idea pops in my head and I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care if it's going to fail. I don't care if people think it's stupid. I just try it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's people forget about keep on caring about other people's thoughts. And, you know, yes, you say take into uh, consideration other people's opinions and their views and, and, you know, don't be offensive, but we've got to start living in this big bubble and think everyone is there looking at us and we've got to make sure we keep everyone happy. If you wake up in the morning and have a crazy idea, like you said, and want to do it, do it, try it. it, live and achieve and fail and learn. But yet we see everyone that's today. We see the people that are coming up, the the, the teenagers, the early 20-year-olds these days because they brought up in the social media world is yeah. they want to take it on, they want to take it on. But I don't know what my 5,000 followers, I, I'm, I'm worried that I might look like I fell to them. Right. You'll be more successful if you fail along the, the way and learn and evolve and become a better person. There's mm-hmm. just no doubt about it. There's uh-huh. People are going to have more resentment to you if you did one thing and you just blew up and became successful. Right. There's going to be more of a, how is that possible sort of resentment than, hey, this guy followed or this girl followed the journey. They failed. Look, I can actually do that because they lost mm-hmm. their job. They, ha- they had to you know, sell their house, go in a small apartment. But 12 months later from grinding it out, they are along their path. And if yeah. that person could do it that way, I can do it that way. And yes. people just need to realize it because there are such amazing men and women out there that, that could impact and change the world drastically mm-hmm. to where we want it to be, more of a realistic, a loving society. But they just need right. to understand that they need to take that risk and take that step and be willing and fail. Yes. And I think that you can only serve people by failing. I mean, if you were just perfect all the time, then they would, nobody would be inspired. What inspires people is when you fail and you get back up and when you fail again and you get back up and you learn from it, that's inspiring. Mm -hmm. 
And where coaching and teaching comes in, where you can actually change someone's life is when you, they, you get to teach them everything you learn from your failure so they don't have to repeat it. Yep. They get to go create different failures, like different ones unique to them, right? And, but they don't, at least you can save them from having to repeat your own failures. Like with my coaching business, I mean, man, it was not, it is a challenge, brother. It is not easy. I mean, <laughs> I, hello. I, imagine. I mean, like there are days I wake up and there's pain in my business, you know, there there and and then and then you grow and then you make more money and then there's a different type of pain that you go through and a different challenge right and right now we're we're looking to make investments and in growing our business and working with um outside companies to partner with us that's a whole nother pain you know that's another leveling up and um but i had to get out of the day job i had to go back to my day job i did it out of fear you know i can but and and i'm okay with that I don't, there's no shame in having to go back to your day job as a coach. I'm here to tell everybody that. But the thing is, is that, you know, if you can prevent it, great. If you can go back, then use that day job to make it work for you while you build your business. Like I call it making, make your job your bitch, make it your bitch for six <laughs> months. That. If you have to go back to work, say, I'm going back for six months. I'm going to get all this money from that job. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to invest some back into my business and I'm going to go back. It's okay. Like, so that's part of what I, t you know, of the lessons that I've learned. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, um, but I never looked at that as a failure. I looked at it as an opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. There's something, there's something you said earlier as well, which I think was such a great point. And I think it's such a different uniqueness, the current market and why, what you are doing, I believe, is is working because we can see mm -hmm. it's working from the coaching and with the offering but it's going to go more is you said that you don't believe the coaching you're given is the bet is not is the only way to do it but you do believe it's the best way that you can offer to um the people that are part of your masterminds or your, your customers and i think that is such great honesty to realize that hey i'm offering the best i can be it will mm -hmm. help you but it's not necessarily the only path because anyone that has understands or is educated or wants to understand a better environment will not only listen to one person, they will only, won't only read one book. You'd, you'd be silly to do that. You would right. spread yourself, read multiple books, get one person as your coach, but look at other reference points and evolve through that because knowing that you would give guidance on one area, but someone else might have a better step and they and, and they involve both down the journey. Because you see today as well, going back to the story, you see coaches that my way is the only way you need to do it. My yeah. story is the only <laughs> story you need to follow. My 10 steps are the only steps you need to follow. And it's like, seriously, dude? I know. Just shut up, right? Yeah. And it's because I am my 10 steps, my attitude, my personality. If you don't allow me to evolve on those 10 steps, I'm not even going to take them because rigor and process without education is just not worth it. Without thinking yeah. outside the box yourself, you want the people you're coaching to be fundamentally or the people that I help, I want them to be more successful than me. I, I don't care right. about my oh, level of success to them. I want to give them and for them one day, for me to look back and them going, can you mentor me back how you got to the top? Totally. Totally. And that is... I love that. And you brought up something interesting. Like I, here's the, this is a funny kind of example, but 
I am always fascinated by the coach who says you can become a multi-million dollar coach without doing social media and ads and all of those things, but yet all you see are their ads. Mm -hmm. And I, yep. I, I happen to know that, yeah, they have $5 million businesses, but hello, they're placing ads. So yep. <laughs> with my six-figure coaching, I would love to be able to say, I'll make you a million-dollar coach with no ads. But the mm -hmm. truth is, come on, guys. It's, you're not going to scale. You can be a, a million-dollar coach. You could be a half-a-million-dollar coach. But if you want to get bigger, you have to make investments like that into your business. And that's why I'm like, no, I'm just the become a six-figure coach, right? Yeah. You can go to somebody else for the next half of their journey. Or when I become a multi-million dollar coach, I'll start teaching that too. Right. But I'm an I'm not a million dollar coach. And I but I am a six-figure coach doing really well, not using social media advertising yet to get my my audience. Right. So that's what I like mm -hmm. to teach because that's in alignment with who I who I am. And then yeah, man, if you're like, no, 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 I want to learn social media too, knock yourself out. Go find somebody. You know, yeah. but Great. if you want to do it organically and build an audience who loves you and loves the, who you are in your authentic and true self, and you want to learn how to sell a multi, a big ticket item, for instance, then yeah, I'm your girl. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Um, correct. Uh, I, it's <laughs> such an it's such an interesting space at the moment because you know, totally correct. Six figure coach. 90 what what is it one percent of the the one percent of the richest earns high or is it the five percent the richest earns more than the 95 percent below your yeah. market space in six-figure coaching would cover more the majority of the market than the people above that and yeah. also social media has become so aggressive but also now it's become so open so people won't realize the likes of instagram facebook uh, i don't see it across linkedin yet have opened up that any page you look at you can see if they're advertising. They have to publicly show that information. Yeah. So you can go into someone, like you said, and goes, hey, I'll make you a million-dollar coach with you know, with no advertising, and you go and look in it, and he's running 20 ads. Realistically, who's ever going to go straight off the back from a Facebook lead and go, this dude's going to make me a million dollars? When you're sitting right. you know, on your yeah. ass, not doing it, it's just it's unrealistic. Yeah. And it's, did, it literally, yeah. it's gullible people that are going to go and pay you know, five thousand mm -hmm. dollars to take this guy's workshop, and he's going to tell them crap because, sorry, mate, there's mm -hmm. no person in the world unless you're the zero 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 one percent person, mm -hmm. guy or female or whatever. They're within twelve months will make a million dollars as a coach. That yeah. is a five year or ten year journey. Yeah, so, exactly. So exactly. His advert, his advert should go. I'll make you ten million. I'll make you a million dollar coach, but it's going to take me ten years. Uh, yeah, and and also, <laughs> yeah, and you also have the disclaimer that says these results are unusual. Like, yeah. I don't have that disclaimer <laughs> because if my coaches don't make a hundred grand or six figures within six months, I'll give them their money back because then I'm yeah. a big fat liar. But I also recruit people who are willing and are my stipulation when people come work for me is I work with me is I'm like, you have to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. You don't, I'm not, I don't want you to just pay me and then go off and do your own way. That's not mm -hmm. how this works. Like, mm -hmm. so that is my only thing is like, you have to, you have to do what I tell you to do. Please do what I tell you to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you, cause, cause fundamentally they're representing your brand. 
They're representing yeah. you and you your your business. So it's different of someone comes and buys a book and so be it. But if they've been coached by you and if they've been taught by you, they are mm-hmm. they are representing you. Right. And you don't want and you don't want to, why well, you can control it. You don't want someone that you can coach through a mastermind and they run off and they implode three companies because they thought they knew what they were doing from one step, the step one out of the ten steps, and they only use step one. And exactly. that's sometimes it's so hard to say someone going, Hey dude, I told you to do this for right now. You right. gotta be patient, you gotta do it. And when we get to that next step, which could be six months away, and you gotta give it that time, we will go to step yeah. two in the business and we'll evolve it. So you know, true. You can't, you can't you can't grow thirty percent of growth in your company on on in six months. We'll grow the five percent, we'll grow the ten percent, we will stabilize, we'll Go through it again, and then we will increase. Because too quick, too successful, it will implode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially if you don't have, yeah, you want to make sure that you have the success track record. You know, if mm-hmm. you're just putting out product and you're like, I can do this, we can do that, and then you sell a bunch of it, and then you it will implode because maybe you don't deliver or the people you don't recruit people well into your programs and you just take anybody because you're focused on the money and not the outcome. And the key is, is you have to attract the people that you want that, you know, will be successful in your programs, you know? And yeah, I mean, it's a really, you know, interesting space. Um, I'm also a, I believe that a lot, it's interesting because a lot of the people that are teaching the business are kind of making people stay small. Like there are some examples. Yeah, because they're they not can willing control them. to let them go. Yep, yeah, not will- they a coach a coach needs to be willing to see the people that they've taught be more successful than themselves. Right. If that is not the way it is, then they shouldn't be coaching because they should be willing to go. Here's my tools. I am here. If you succeed me, so be it. Congratulations. Right. I am so happy for you. And a lot of them are keeping down. Because they can control them, they can still coach them, they can still, you know, keep them in their masterminds, and it's a tick box to a paycheck. Exactly, exactly. And so you have to be really careful if anybody's listening. When you go look for your teacher or your mentor, you need to make sure that there's an exit. I believe there should be an exit from that mentor. Like, I don't want the same clients for life. Like, I really Mm -hmm. do want them to move on so I can move on to somebody else who needs help. And yeah. And, um, and so I think it's like when some of those, some of the, you know, I'm talking about some of the really big teachers out there who are making, you know, 30, $40 million a year. Um, they are making recommendations to people to implement coaching products that are only met for somebody who has a hundred thousand people on their email list. Mm-hmm. And then people try them, they get discouraged and they don't work out and they play small and then boom, they're out of the business or they buy more product, right? They get addicted to them. Like, well, I'll try this one. I'll try this marketing one. I'll try that one, this online course one, you know? And it's like, you have to, I'm, I'm a big believer and I'm super blessed because I'm highly intelligent and I've been in business for a number of years. I, I like to do things differently. Mm-hmm. I don't, I believe that success leaves clues, but it's not always the best way. (laughs) A clue doesn't mean that's 
the way you're supposed to do it. A clue could be maybe you should do it a different way, a slightly different way, one that's more authentic to, to you, right? And so I'm a big, I like to try to do things differently, to stand out, to break through the noise. Um, because there's, at the end of the day, there's billions of people that need help. So there's enough space. We don't have to all do it the same way. Let that guy have that method, you know, or that yeah. girl or whoever. And, um, and yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, it's a really cool place to be. It's, it's very gratifying to be able to see people go from like one of my clients is, uh, 60 years old and she's retired and she now wants to start coaching because she has so much like life lessons and experiences and everything. And I'm getting to help her build her brand and her business. And it's just really cool because she's super excited about it. And I know she's going to, she might end up being more successful than me because she has a different target audience. She has, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm excited about that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good stuff. It's um, a space where, I think you either need to get in it or get out of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you either need to get in and play and be a player or you're just going to be a fan. Yeah. Right. So I like to help people become players instead of fans. Totally, totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you with a question. We're almost coming close to uh, uh, over 50 minutes, coming close to the hour mark already. Um, I want to leave you with a question. So, means I've got to get you back for another episode uh, in my next 10 um, episodes. So the question, I, the question I give to you is, I am in New Zealand. We are four and a half million people. The country itself is a smaller than majority of the major cities in the world, our entire country. Mm -hmm. Yet we're a Western country. We're very high up in our IT companies. We're very big in our social platforms. Next time I get you back, so don't answer it to me now. Uh -huh. Next time I get you back is I want you to give some of a listen, some some insights of how people within New Zealand they want to take some coaching or in their business or in their mentorship, how they can grow being so small on a world scale. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, um, that's so exciting. I'll so I'll remind you that next time I get you back on, but. I just want to say, Jolyn, again, thank you so much for coming on. And before we end it off, can you please let our listeners know where they can find you on what social platforms you're going on? And also, please, by all means, pitch your coaching and your mastermind. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sorry we went over, but that's just how it always works when I'm on podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. Just, um, but I, um, so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all under Joe Lynn Swafford. It's S-W-A-F-F-O-R-D. I'm the only one. Or you can just Google me, and it'll bring you to everything that I have. Um, my website is joelynnswafford.com. Uh, but I have two big things going on right now. One, I have a, uh, it's called the Accelerator for Coaches. It's basically a program for coaches, which I've been alluding to during this podcast, to become six-figure coaches. And it's um, a whole curriculum that helps you understand where you're strong, what your strengths and weaknesses are, who your ideal client is. And then, of course, I teach you how to sell, which is a huge part of coaching and selling in a really beautiful, authentic way. 
And, um, and then I have another program because I am a huge fan of helping people at all different stages in their journey. And so I have the other uh, mastermind called Thrive Mastermind. And basically um, that is kicking off in July. So right around the corner. And it is a international mastermind of people who are based. I will basic, basically be working with you to take massive action every other week um, on your goals so that you can just have a kick-ass year. So it's good stuff. That's amazing. And I'll make sure that I'll have all your links and all your uh, social platforms advertised when I released this episode as well. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much again, um, Jolyn, for um, joining me in today. And for everyone else that's listening, thanks for listening to The Wolf of Queen Street. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the episodes on all platforms available currently. Anyway, thank you. Until next time, bye.